I'm James Huggins. This is Longest War. Thank you for joining us on Longest War. On this episode, we have former airman James Huggins. What year did you join the Air Force? In 2007. And how old were you at the time? 18. 18. What motivated you? So right out of high school. So right out of high school, yeah, I joined the Air Force. I. What motivated me, I would say, I didn't want to go to college right off. <laughs> and then my sister actually had joined a year prior to me um, joining, so... I was like, yo, let me do that, because I didn't want to apply for applications. Right. That sounds like a tedious process, looking at my other classmates. What did she do in the Air Force? She was medical, medical admin. And what was your MOS? Mounted Security Forces. So you were a MP cop? <laughs> yeah, Security Forces. Okay. So what is that? what's the day-to-day of that entail? Oh, man, it's different. Starting off, my day-to-day, like first joining the Air Force, you did, well, I did security. So working the gates, working flight line, until you progress your uh, time and career in the military is when you do start doing like patrols or a desk sergeant or even a flight chief. So so you're one of the few airmen that actually like, carried a gun around for work. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. What was, that? What, what was your weapon? Was it a sidearm? Yeah, sidearm. Was it I, nine mil? Nine mil, yep. Did you shoot a lot at the range? Like, did you I guys- did, yeah. Like every six months we had qualifying, well, we had to qualify or requalify our weapons. But we shot multiple weapon systems though. Like M4s and- M4s. 249? 50 cal. 50 cal. What are you, what are you Air, where are you Air Force guys need 50 cal Yeah, like training, man, we deployed too. <laughs> Actually, so I guess we need to back up. You're from, are you from Philly originally? No, 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 no. Where are you from? I'm from uh, Mississippi originally. What part of Mississippi? Houston. Houston, Mississippi. Houston, Where is Mississippi. that? Houston, so, Mississippi. Oh, in the middle of nowhere. North or south of Jackson? North of Jackson. Oh, wow. So, I'm so like real middle to, of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm close to Tupelo, Mississippi. I don't know if you've heard of it. I didn't. Yeah, I'm from Mobile. Oh, Mo- Alabama. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so I'm relatively familiar with Mississippi, but not Houston, Mississippi. Right, yeah. So I'm like 25 minutes from Tupelo, Mississippi. So that's a so small Starful. town. I'm sure you know Starfall for yeah. Mississippi State. So I'm like 35 minutes from there. So that's not a big place. No. Mississippi, Houston, no. It's definitely not a big place. Do you think growing up down south had anything to do with... Because, I mean, a lot of people from down south joined the military. I mean, that's just... I wouldn't say a lot of people from my town joined the military. Very few in between. Really? Yeah. Very few in between. I can probably count on one hand the classmates, well, in my class that joined. So it's... Not many. So your sister joins in 06, you join in 07. 07. What did your mom think about that, both of Cool. Do yeah. it. Yeah. She was she supportive. She was all for it. Yeah, very supportive. Your dad? Dad same. Everybody was down for it. Everyone they was weren't down like, for it. No one was... Nah, not at all. Do you think, think it would have been different if you had joined like the Marine Corps or something? Um, Maybe, but I had an older cousin, uh, her name was Brandy, that had joined. So she had been, I think she's going in almost... 17, 18 years. So she she was almost an influence as well. Um, she kind of told us about it. So she was kind of an influence. Was your dad or your grandparents or anything? So that were in, no. So you were the first one. You and your sister were the first ones your family. And not yet. So what made you pick security forces? It was a lie, man. <laughs> the recruiting lie. I That's how they it. do it. I didn't pick that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. Because like, so I took the ASVABs and scored. I can't remember my score. But he was like, here's your job. We got a job opening. And um, like I said, I graduated in May. I, I left for training in July. 
So when I found out that I had security forces, I talked to my cousin about it. I said, Brandy, yo, I got security forces. What do they do? What should I expect? She was like, yo, you should probably change it. I was like, oh. Uh, well, uh, I, let me ch- let me look into it. So I went to talk to my recruiter. He was like, well, you know, you can uh, change it uh, when you get in and uh, it's going to prolong your time, you know, before you get, before you leave for training, X, Y, and Z. So I was like, oh, well, you know, I'll stick with it, I guess. So It's kind of like fuck it at that point. Fuck it, right, exactly. You get there, so you go to basic first. How long is basic for you guys? Basic was, at that time, it was only six weeks. Six weeks, and then how long was your advanced school? Tech school was, hmm, Jesus. It's a long time ago. A long time ago. I don't even remember. It was like, it was like, probably like a couple months, a few months, probably where, like three months. Where was it? In San Antonio. In San Antonio. So that's mm-hmm. not a bad place to be. I didn't like it. Really? No, I didn't care for San Antonio. Did they like treat you like adults at your tech school? Like, could you? No. Oh, like, so you were on lockdown, no. just yeah. like basic training? Hell yeah. Yeah. The mm-hmm. whole time? Pretty much. Damn. Yeah. In the army, much. like the last like half well, of your I mean, school, of course, they like, yeah. let you go like, out. And, you have, do have privileges toward the end, but it's like. Until, until you go out and somebody fucks up and exactly. ruins it for everybody. And the whole team has to. All back yeah. to lockdown. It's crazy. So where was your first duty assignment after you got out of school? Alaska. What? Anchorage, Alaska. I was there oh, for three years. God. How, did, how was that? An experience, I must say. Well, I bet it was. I, <laughs> it was an adjustment. Uh, a big adjustment because when I found out during tech school, when I found out that like everyone was excited, oh, everyone got your assignments, so go check and see what you got. So coming from Mississippi, I'm looking online like AK. What the hell is AK? Uh, and then so I was like Alaska. I was like, yo, what? Who? Who goes there? But uh, no, it was good though. Did you enjoy it there? I enjoy the experience side of it and the people that I met and the connections that I gained from that. But as far as work, no. It was absolutely horrible. My work experience there. So, yeah. So, I'm from Mobile. And then my first two states was Fort Drum, New York, which is like eight oh, miles from Canada. Right. It's cold. Cold, Like yeah. Alaska cold. No. Um, no. 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 Alaska, yeah. No. So, we would have guys from Fort Wainwright come down to Fort Drum to do cold weather training in the winter. Really? We would get that lake effect snow, so we would get like 10 feet at a time. But so Alaska is a different type of cold, man. It's not that cold. It's not what cold? It's not like... It doesn't feel as cold as like other places that I've been. Oh, yeah. Fort Drum like is freezing. So I hear. Like the wind whips all the time. Mm-hmm. And like there's so much snow that you can like dig yourself an igloo. So, like, that's why they would bring guys from Alaska down to train down there. Oh. Super cold. Sucks. I I can imagine. But, like, the dudes in my class from Michigan, like, they got, like, Fort Rucker, Alabama. Like, the Army, I think the Air Force, too, apparently, they just fuck with you. And they see where you're from and then send you to a place you're least acclimated to. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that was in the plan for them. Yeah. Yeah. So, what was the day-to-day like at at Anchorage? Elmendorf. What was my day-to-day? So like I mentioned, starting off as an airman in Alaska, well, you start your training. So you're in processing your training portion until you qualify on your weapon systems, until you're able to arm up, until you're able to get posted. So mainly there, it's mostly secure. It's mostly flight line and gates. They have a lot of entry points to Elmendorf Air Force Base and a huge flight line. So that's where you're starting your career. So you're outside most of the time? You're outside. That's mm-hmm. Oh, man. It was horrible. Like my first, I think my second week or my first week when I was actually on the job, it was so cold. My hands turned purple 
and they sent me home. Uh, they were, they were scared was just, you were I Right, yeah, that's what it was. But actually, I was just, I wasn't used to it yet. It wasn't, I don't even think it was really that cold because I went out that night after they sent me home. Right. <laughs> but. Not cold enough to drink. And what? Right, exactly. I was already stressed. It wasn't bad. So you joined in 07. Did you deploy? Twice. Where'd you go? Once I deployed. Where did I deploy? Oh, Iraq, Kambuka. I did that when I was stationed in Alaska. And then my second deployment was when I moved to Cannon Air Force Base. And I went to Africa for six months. All right, let's talk about Iraq first. So where were you at? Camp Buka? Camp Buka. Where's that? Southern Iraq. This is just, it was one of the prison sites in Iraq. So you were like a security guard? No, I actually worked in a special section of it. So I did visitation was my mission. So what I dealt with was when prisoners came in to meet with their families. So I monitored the visitations between that. You um, guys had family visits? The prisoners over there? there? Yeah. They did. Whoa. They, they did. did not do that in Afghanistan. <laughs> yeah. And then I think it was a ploy, though, to see if they could, because a lot of them would pass contraband and information. So I think it may have been a ploy to like get contraband or yeah. intel but also they only got to see their families i think probably once once a year yeah so that's not too much yeah so not. is that is that weird like hovering over people are there it was it was and then them looking at you crazy like they want to harm you right. or like it was it was interesting but you did have a few prisoners that were kosher i guess friendly i guess yeah for a better luck time. i don't know but they weren't as bad as others. So they have, like, their kids and stuff come in and see them? Or was yeah, just some, like- yeah. Some families, yeah. And it's crazy. Like, the section... I didn't work in the section where the visitors... Because, like, hearing the stories that what my other counterparts dealt with, like, the searching of the, the family members and where all they would hide things and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. was interesting. I bet. Where were you at? So I was on the prison side. So I dealt with the inmates. So you would bring them so to I, and from? Yeah, so the Army would bust them to our area we would either be posted as a security watching them enter like make sure they don't escape or run or you're either inside the gate actually like doing the search of the inmate and then proceeding to watch them doing their visitation with their family so were you in the room with them yeah did you have a weapon with you at the yeah time? absolutely okay. i've always wondered about that like yeah it was actually it was a non-lethal weapon uh it was like what'd you have like a taser or? yeah it was a uh Pretty much like a pellet gun, almost, but a high power. Yeah, it was one of those like the the beanbag ones. I, yeah, mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. hurt. Yeah, man, those would put you down. Yeah, you could think about getting wild, but as soon as you get hit with them beanbags, mm-hmm. man, you're on your ass. I came close to shooting mine, firing mine. Added, added prisoner. Yeah. Well, he was trying to. He was trying get to wild escape. <laughs> one guy was trying to escape, and then another guy. It started like an altercation with another inmate. So how long was that deployment? Six months? Six months. A little over six months. Did you did you enjoy it as a whole? Or? I did. I did. I had a blast, actually. It was a great time. Were there any women prisoners? I didn't men? see any. It was all men. Maybe they had them at a different camp or something. Maybe, yeah, possibly. So you did for six months. You go back to Alaska for a few I months? I went back to Alaska, yes. So that's weird reacclimating to that, too, because it's hot as fuck in Iraq. Oh, my God. And then freezing again in Alaska. So after I got back from that deployment... During my R&R, that's when, like, I, I felt like shit hit the fan then. Because I didn't have, I don't know, it wasn't a great relationship that I had, like, with my supervisor at the time. So my flight was working 
the uh, the particular evening. Because, you know, after you get back from deployment, you have R&R time. Yeah. So my friend had threw a party, like a welcome back party for us, me and my best friend, Danielle. So we went over to that. Of course, we drank, had fun. So I didn't drive, but I had been drinking. So my flight was working. And because of their feelings towards me, they hemmed me up for like dr- dr- a drinking, being underage, quote unquote. It was horrible. And that's when everything kind of like went downhill from that location. It was a mess. Because I think they labeled me, to be honest. Like, they labeled me when I got there. I was 18 when I got to Alaska. Mm-hmm. So, it was, of course, it was an adjustment period for me getting acclimated to that environment. So, I think they labeled me as, like, a guy that didn't care, a guy that was lazy. Because I wasn't one of the guys that was buddy-buddy with all the people and laughed and joked and ha-ha at them. Sure. Like, at the people that, I guess, were in quote You're just trying important. to kind of figure yeah, your shit out. Yeah, I was figuring my shit out. Like, right. And plus, at the time, like, I'm, we're probably going to get to this point in the conversation about the don't ask, don't tell. But I felt like that kind of played a, a role in it as well. Because, I mean, I couldn't be myself. Sure. But... Oh, it was a lot and they all of probably variables. suspected it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But, but they couldn't ask. They can't ask me. But and you weren't gonna tell them. No, I'm not gonna. So hey, they, I'm gay. Yeah. Uh, no. It's not, so instead, they that. would just be dickheads. Yeah. To try to just get you to maybe say fuck it, I let me out of here. Oh, I don't know. Break down and yeah, or just what I found that security forces does. My experience, from my experience, let me say that. They eat their own, first and foremost. Like, sure. If you're not, like, one of the guys, and if you fuck up, like, one time or something, you're on their list. Or they're going to go after you. Or if you don't have a good rapport with someone up top or in your chain of command, it's just they they get they pick at you. So I was that guy. <laughs> I was that guy. For three time. years? For three years. When I tell you, my, I can't. I had some horrible experiences when I was there. You want to talk about them? <laughs> you don't have to. Well, not really. Okay. Not really. So we'll skip that. You come back from Iraq. How long are you still in Alaska before you go to your next duty station? So I was in Alaska from 2008 for three years, so 2011. My deployment was 2008, 2009. So I was there for like another year. Oh, shit. You're there for a long time. Yeah, another year and a half. And then where did you go after that? Canada Air Force Base, New Mexico. That's where Nate Mallory was. They got, like, a bunch of nukes and shit there, right? New Mexico has three Air Force bases. So he was probably at the one in Albuquerque, which is... Ah, uh, yeah, you're right. That's is the, the nuke base, yeah. yeah. I was at Cannon, which is a very small base. What part of New Mexico is that in? That is Clovis, New Mexico. So that is more central. Like bumfuck New Mexico? Bum, yeah, man. So not nothing close to nothing? Yeah. Nope. Like, the closest thing to... do You have to drive to Lubbock, Texas, which is like our... Lubbock, Texas. To to do stuff, and right? Ain't shit and love it's it not either. right. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's oh Amarillo. So were Amarillo. you kind of missing Anchorage at that point a little bit, right? Yeah, at that time, Anchorage is like that. an actual like town. Like Anchorage is a huge town. It's a huge city. There's stuff to do there. There's stuff to do. It was great. As like from my time off duty, it was great. I loved it. Loved it. But it was just that damn work job. This is just the people that I work with, right? It's horrible. And what about Canada? Did you like the folks you worked with there? Uh, it got better. It got yeah. extremely better. But <laughs> what's funny, my same supervisor that I had in Alaska that I was having trouble with, he PTS oh, to shit. New Mexico. 
no. And he tried to be buddy buddy with me. I gave him like I was so over him. Like, what the fuck are you talking to me for? I left to get away from you, dickhead. Right, and now you're trying to be like all cool and nice to me. Why? Like, like okay. So one of the examples I meant that I was gonna say that I wasn't gonna really gonna talk about. So evaluations. So EPRs is how they EPRs is what they call for the evaluations of when they do for Aaron annually. So him, his he was a dickhead. He tried to put the same negative comments on two evaluations, like back to back. I went to someone else that was above him. She got into his ass, like, why the fuck are you doing this? This is not right. And like I was outside the door when she pulled him in and like yelled at him. He was a ma- she was a master sergeant. He was a either a staff or a tech at the time. And like I was like, damn, finally someone. Yeah, because that'll, see what that'll I'm fuck going your career up. Oh, it did. Because if you put something on their bad, it can be a different bad thing the next time. But if it's the same bad thing, that same, means that you can't get right. You can't get promoted. You can't get because I had lost my stripe after I got the underage drinking, and they did some other fucked up stuff. Like when it came to like my PT tests, this is another example. I said I wasn't gonna talk about these, but here's another example. So I think it was after my, it was sometime after my deploy. Well, obviously after my deployment because I lost my stripe because when they for underage drinking. I think probably like six months later, I had an evaluation. My EPR was coming due, and also I had my PT test coming up. But I was also sick, and I was also I just got the hospital. And my first sergeant, that was like, well, Aaron Huggins, you have to take your PT test. I went to him. I was like, well, you know, I'm sick. I just got to the hospital. I'm going to fail this fucking PT test. He was like, well, uh, I don't care. You got to go take it, X, Y, and Z. At the time, me being a new airman, I didn't know that when you go and take your PT test, like if something's wrong with you, you don't have to actually take your PT test. Right. All I was told, you better take your PT test. So I failed the test. I failed the run. I already knew I failed the run. What were you coming out of the hospital for? I, I had meningitis. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. I was... I had meningitis. shit can kill you, Yeah, man. man. I had meningitis twice you while I was there. You were sick, sick. I was sick. I and was walking around. And they made you do a PT test. I was walk- At one point, I was walking around with a pump. I was off of work for like two months. I was in the hospital for like a month. It was bad. Because you're like a fit dude. You don't look like you have much trouble with the run. Right. I don't. I don't. I've never you felt the PT test. You had to run it with test. meningitis. I had to run like after being sick. And they knew this. They It was like they had all, all this planned up so I can get a negative. Well, I can get a bad EPR, which prolonged my promotion. I felt like I stayed a fucking airman for like years, man. Years. All because of that. All because That of that. is some bullshit. Man. Yeah. It was horrible meningitis and they make you take a pt test oh mm. shit i seen dudes not take pt tests for like shin splints <laughs> listen yeah god was, damn yeah it was bad so and that was all the same dude that was now your supervisor in well yeah i mean he had a hand in it he had definitely had a hand in it. he was there during the whole process but like i said when i got to new mexico it was different i had a better supervisor yeah. i felt like i was able to progress i felt like he looked out for me like even when it came to evaluations on my EPR, he looked out for me, but it was it was it was better. So you, and that's when you deployed to Africa. Was that of there? And that was when I deployed to Africa. Where'd you guys go, Djibouti? Uh, no, Ethiopia. Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. Really? We what went were you through doing Djibouti. What were you doing in Ethiopia? It was like a mission. It was a mission, that, like a security mission. So what was the job there? So my particular job it was mainly security for a bigger job. 
that is undisclosed. Oh, uh, okay. So you were just like... She- yeah, we were at an airport. We were secu- doing security at an airport, pretty much, basically. So same thing you usually do, just in Ethiopia, basically. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it more relaxed than Iraq? Definitely. Oh, okay. man, it was great. So like, you didn't have to like think about shooting every single oh, person no, 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 you looked no, at? Not at all. No, unless you want to shoot a big snake yeah. on the flight line. They got snakes there? Oh, man, it was a huge snake. I don't play snakes. It's like a picture yeah. of it. It was like eight guys holding this snake. It was a huge. It was interesting. The fuck was wrong with those guys picking up that I, snake? Because they had killed it. And like, oh, we they just, it. We just okay. like, took a picture with it. It was crazy. So how long were you in Ethiopia for? Six months as well. A little bit over. And did you get any, months. was there any free time there where you could oh, like yeah. go out and see Absolutely. stuff? Absolutely. What's Ethiopia like? Oh man. Oh, that experience. It was wild. Just seeing the people, like my first, like probably like the first week, like going into work, you see people bathing, the guys bathing in the river. Like uh, that's how they clean themselves. It's like real third world. Real third world. Yeah. And like you see all the women. It felt like the women work harder than the men. Like, you see women, like, carrying big, huge baskets on their heads. All these kids, like, doing... I don't know where the hell they were going. But they had, I guess, from work to home. I don't know. But it was intense. It was sad. That's how Afghanistan is. It's like the women and the kids work the fields and do all the work while the men hang out and drink tea and bullshit all day i don't know what the hell they were doing they got they got the right idea over there i think they i think they the men like whenever we go out into the city during our off times or whatever you see the guys in there they were hustling the guys do more of the hustling so of like tourists and stuff so i saw a lot of that more so than than the women and kids oh kids did it all the time but was there like, could you drink and stuff there? Mm-hmm. So it wasn't dry or anything? Oh, not at all. What about the food? How was that? It was good. Interesting. It was good. So we stayed at a, like a hotel resort kind of thing, lodge thing. Not like hotel buildings, but like for South Africa, well, for Ethiopia standards. But it was nice though. It was really, really nice. But you couldn't like drink their water and shit like that, right? Mm, no, we had bottles. So you enjoyed that? How long was that? Six months? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was a good time? Oh, it was great. That was better than Iraq. Oh, it was well, both of them had their own perks, so sure. I like them. But how do you deploy? Like, is it like do you go like a squadron? Like, what size element goes? So yeah, so it's a rotation, and they just pick. So it's just a select number out of your squadron, out of your group. So say for instance, it was fifteen people out of your squadron, and then you have people from Florida base. You have security forces from different bases all together at one location. So it's not like the army that the whole squadron packs up yeah. and go. It's just a certain number of, it's a certain amount of people from your squadron that go along with other people from other squadrons, other security forces. Did you volunteer to go? Or did they um, just pick you based yeah, on? Yeah, kind of just pick you. You just get notified, hey, you're up for your deployment. Everybody pretty much deploys pretty regularly. Like, yeah, so yeah. if you don't go on this one, you'll probably depends. be on the so like next some, one. Some bases deploy more than others. So in Alaska, they had more deployments that you could get on compared to New Mexico, I would say. New or Mexico. it felt like it anyway. Because yeah. I was going to get on a deployment right before our PTS New Mexico, which I wanted to go on that one. But I got orders to Korea. Korea? Mm-hmm. What was that? Where? What part? Kunsan. Where's that? Kunsan. South? South Korea, of course. South I mean, Korea. like sa- southern part of South um, Korea. Um, so it is. Have you heard of Kunsan, Osan? Osan, I've heard Osan. Osan. Yeah. Osan. So, 
Kunsan is probably like two hours from Osan. So how far south of Seoul is that? So we took the bus from Kunsan to Seoul. You can probably get there in like two hours. Yeah. So it's pretty far south. Well, it doesn't feel like, like it. Mid, mid, mid south. Mid south. So a couple hours from Seoul. Did you guys go to Seoul a lot? Yeah. Go party it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good times. How long did you spend over there? A year. Mm, a little over a year. And I guess that was your favorite deployment. That was my. It was a duty station. I was actually stationed yeah. there, so it wasn't really. It's not called a deployment, but no, it was fun in in the aspects of partying. Yeah. yeah, it was a great party location. You get in a lot of trouble in Korea. You can get in. I've seen a lot of people get in a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble there. It's that uh, what's that? Soju man. Soju, soju just uh, just sneaks up on you. Well, not even, well that and just alcohol is just everywhere there yeah <laughs> it's, it's just everywhere it's a great time and then the camaraderie the people in the morale there is great loved it loved it i met my best friend one of my best guy friends there so what was it same same job like you're working at an airport at the gates no um so there is yeah working at a gate or patrol or desk sergeant flight chief what kind of patrol what do you just ride just around on the base looking for People driving with their headlights out or whatever. <laughs> well, at Kunsan, people aren't driving. It's, it's not a base where you can bring your dependents. Mm. So it's just all military people on the flight line, doing flight line patrols, or just making sure nobody's acting crazy on the base. So was that your last duty station? Portugal was my last one. Portugal? What the yeah. fuck, man? You got to see a lot of shit. A little bit. A little bit. No, man, I got to see New York, upstate New York, and Afghanistan. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> that was the extent of my that was in the it? fucking world. Yeah. How long were you in? Eight years. Same. Fucking Portugal. All right. So you got to tell me about that shit. So Portugal. Portugal is great. Loved That's got to be a party. Right? Ah. Well, it's more relaxing compared to Korea. I would say Portugal is more relaxing. You can't. It's a lot of party opportunities, but it's just it's an island. You're on an island. I was on an island, so I was at Azores, largest Air Force base, air base. Excuse me, air base. But uh, it's. Amazing. It's like island field. You have the ocean all the way around you, 360. Um, I lived off-base housing. I was a flight chief there. So it was great. I loved it. You did a year there? Yeah. Did you get to see a lot of Europe while you were there? No, because now I worked a lot. Not well, Yeah, I worked a lot. And I, I traveled to different islands like Porto, the different chain islands off of Portugal. So, But you never went like mainland? I didn't, go to, I didn't get to go to Lisbon. I didn't get to go to the mainland. I just went to the different chain islands. So what year did you get out? I got out in 2015, July. All right, so 2011 was when Don't Ask Hotels repealed? Mm, 12? No, 10. Cause I was, was it in, 10? I was in New Mexico at the time because it was a funny story. Yeah, I think it's... 2010, that sounds about 2010. right. 2010, I'm pretty sure it's... Yeah. Yeah, because it was about halfway through Obama's term. Yeah. Because I remember when it first happened, like, it was like a slow kind of a rollout, right? Like, they were like, all right, well, so now... It's okay if you're gay and you're in, but you don't get any benefits if you're married. Like, you don't get shit. Yeah. There's none of that. Like, it took a long time for them to kind of catch up. So, I mean, how did the Air Force, like, how, how did they announce that to you guys? It was, at that time, I was I was stationed in Africa. Well, not stationed. I was deployed in Africa, I think, when that announcement actually came out. But it was just a thing like well for me at that point it was like okay well it was just another day like because i already been through the things where i had to not say shit so okay because i feel like at that point they already knew anyway so it didn't really make a difference for me at that point i guess kind of the point i want to stress to like civilians is 
it wasn't like all of a sudden 10,000 dudes popped out were like, guess what? I'm gay. No, like, not at all. Not at all. Like none of that. Like I, I couldn't. Cause oh god, you get on Facebook and you see these fucking old people like writing this shit, oh, and god. it's like oh my god, it's like the military's full of gays and transgenders oh, now, and shit. it's like, it's like dude, really? But like, your pro- your boss was probably gay. You right. didn't know it. It's just well, it's like yo, man, it was full of gays yesterday too. Before yeah, it right was- <laughs> before they they said this, <laughs> like. like, like I love how you said it. it was full of gays yesterday too. Right. Well, they act, they act like uh, just because like they're okay. No more. Don't ask. Don't tell. It's like it didn't turn you gay. It didn't because... turn you gay. It, it didn't. It didn't make me want to go after you anymore. Right. It it just provided me or it provided people the right to yeah. just be who they are. It it didn't change anything. It should have been that way the whole time. Right. But, because I had been through so much from Alaska to New Mexico to, to the point to where it changed. It, I had grown in myself. Like, I, I, I guess I had adjusted, adapted to the fact that I had to be someone probably different or kind of be cognizant or aware of people. Because, like I said, I, I went through some traumatizing things with people in Alaska. And it got to the point where I didn't trust people. Or I didn't trust my leadership. I didn't trust... I just entrust people when it comes to things like that or my or them looking out for my livelihood or caring and all of that. And I didn't see all of that. Right. So what was it like before the repeal? Like, how did you reconcile the idea that, like, you were serving your country, but at the same time, like, you weren't viewed as, like, being worthy enough to actually serve and be yourself? I know that's, like, a... a that's a fucking stupid question, right? Like, no, how well, do you, not, how not do you put that into words? It's a very right. How do you put that in words? It's not a stupid question. It's just how would you put that in words? Thinking back, I'm trying to think how I. Yeah. Like, so when you went in, did you think like so? Obviously, you knew. Don't ask, don't tell. When right. you joined, right? But at that time, like you said, being 18, being at that time, you don't really think about it. I didn't know that was a policy at first. I didn't know about the policy. Don't ask, don't tell. When I joined, I learned about it from being in. And being told that, you know, if you identify yourself and if they catch you in the act of doing sexual activities with same sex, your your career could be ended. Like you could be separated or terminated from the Air Force, from the military. But it just made me feel, I don't know, watchful. I mean, nervous. I don't know. I just. Like were you looking over your shoulder a lot? Like when you would go out? Like... And, and yeah, kind of. Because. I did. There was a time when I brought my significant other there. He had moved down there. So it was an incident where they had came to the dorms because I had I was ghosting, quote unquote, from the dorms because he couldn't stay there with me. Right. So we had got an apartment and I, they had came to my dorms and they had saw him in there with me. So it was one of the investigators. He was like, you have to come to the squadron. So... I was like, oh, shit. Like, what the fuck is about to happen? Like, I thought I was... I don't know. All, everything was running through my mind. I thought I was about, I was caught. I didn't know. Because I knew I, I didn't do anything or at least thought I had done anything. Right. But then again, I don't know if they had saw me with him. Well, I'm sure they saw me with him. But I don't know if that was the reason why they pulled me in. But it turned out that wasn't the case. So when that incident happened, I was like, yo, we need to find somewhere else to go. Like you can't. So what do they say? What do they when they brought you in? Well, that was for something else, another totally different situation. Yeah. So me and him, we got an apartment. 
Uh, my sister actually got stationed there when I was there. So we were stationed together. And I actually moved in with her during, for a period of time with him. So that's I just kind of adjusted through my friends that I had there, my sister. So that's how I got through that. So, okay, so then we fast forward, and then the policies are, are you still with the same guy? At that no, point? not at all. Oh, so that was over? Yeah. Was there anybody else you were dating at the time? After or before? After, like, the repeal. After the repeal, yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it relieving that you could just be seen in public, you do whatever the fuck you wanted? Like, yeah, well, You didn't was, have to pick and choose your friends so closely? Right, yeah, it was more, like, if I'm talking to someone that I felt comfortable explaining my relationship with i i didn't have to worry about someone overhearing me right and and using him or he it became more comfortable i guess so you, so yeah it was a little more freeing because you could just be yourself more yeah you didn't have to worry about the bullshit right of being like secretive sneaking around right 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 what would your message be to gay, gays and transgender individuals that are currently serving in the military who, after what just came down from the president, you know, like saying you can't serve anymore, what would your message to them be to help them with that self-worth and all those things you said, like, that traumatized you and you struggled with? What would your message be to them to, like, write down? Oh, man. What would I say? I would say, I mean, I would continue being strong. I mean, because people before you have experienced a lot, maybe a lot more, but don't let anyone or anything discourage you from being who you are and continue to serve. If that's what you want to do, don't let anyone make you feel that you can't do it because of your sexuality, because of your sexuality, period. Fuck the haters, basically. Yeah, man, fuck them. Because yeah, the, like, vast, the vast majority of people talking about, oh, I don't believe gays or transgenders to be in the military uh, are yeah, fucking like, civilians. And you know what? To be honest with you, if you're a fucking civilian, I don't give a shit what your opinion and of it is. And then some people be like, oh, well, you know, we should not allow them or transgendered or because it would be too expensive um, to like, if they want to do their surgeries and we got the military has to pay for. Listen, bitch, the military has a lot of money. It's only 1% of people uh, that serve in the military. If someone wants to have that or wants to go wants to go through that process, let them. Who's the, who are you to say that it's gonna cost way too much money to, for us to do this process with this person? Right. Because like, you know what else is expensive? Afghanistan and Iraq. Exactly. Was expensive like as all shit. this, all <laughs> the with me being in, or you seeing like all the bullshit money that people spend on bullshit things. Like, and now you're concerned about someone's paying for a surgery, yeah. bitch, or no. More or less, you got girls that, like, want to get boob jobs and, and, like, no. That's, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. What about the accusations that if, like, you're transgender, you have an accompanying mental illness and that should preclude you? Because I think that that's just, like, I don't know. That's going back, like, from the times when they said gay was a, like, it was a right. mental, like, it was a sickness. Like, a mental... Right. Well, fuck, I mean, for Christ's sake, they used to say if you were left-handed, you were possessed by the devil, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Crazy. We, we believed the dumbest shit for so long. Yeah. <laughs> so it's what, sad, it's so sad. It's fucked up, man. Yeah, it's so fucked it's up. So like, fucked what up. people, how people think, how... Because I hear all these even. straight white dudes bitching on the internet, and it's like, well, you know what, motherfucker? If there were more straight white dudes volunteering, 
maybe they wouldn't take so many transgender or so many gay people. But no, you motherfuckers are sitting at home on your ass. But not, it's not, not even serving. about that. Why are you judging someone who wants to serve and he's transgender or he's gay or whatever he may be? He wants to serve. Let him right. do what he wants when you're to not do. willing to fucking serve. Right, exactly. Was there anything you could not do in your service? No, never. Exactly. Never. Nothing. Except for pass your PT test when you had meningitis. Right, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. That's the most fucked up thing I think I've ever heard, man. Yeah, man. They fucked. They, tra- they they did not want me to promote. It's no, like, no. That was like I don't care if you're gonna if you can't pass it. I know. And like I, I talked to my first sergeant. My you. first like your first sergeant is supposed to be there to like for your support, your morale, like your well being, your health. This I don't want to call him out his name, but did not care like i went to him directly and he had the opportunity to tell me i know you're sick and you're telling me you're sick you're not well well whenever you get to your pt test let them know that and you don't have to do it you could have told me that i'm a young airman thinking like oh go take your pt test i gotta take my pt test like i I didn't know anything differently at the time it's it's yeah, it's so... Do you think they were fucking with you because they knew you were gay? Partial of that, partial because they already judged me. They already had these preconceived notions that I was X, Y, and Z. Like, it was a comments of things, like accumulation of things that I felt they targeted me on. Or targeted me for, I should say. So. And Don't Ask, Don't Tell helped with that? Like, helped to take away some of that? No, no. not at all. Because I mean, as far as... Well, well, no, because I think, because just as security forces as a whole, I feel they do that with anyone, gay, not gay, or just, it's just, they eat their own. Yeah, it's more so, if they don't like they don't like, like you, you, they will get you. They'll, I've they'll seen figure it. out a reason to that, not like yes, you. Yes, I've seen it, yeah. time after time. Like, like damn, guy, that, that's fucked up. Is that, they got you. Is that why they, you decided to get out eventually? Part of the reason? That and it was, yeah, well, a comments of things, like accumulation of things that I got out. But that was part of it. Like, I was over, because I didn't promote was one of the main reasons. But just like you said, the treatment, just the whole, it just wasn't for me anymore. You're just over it? Yeah, and my dad asks me, like, you know, why you didn't stay in? You could have retired and X, Y, and Z. Well, you didn't go through what I went through. Right. You didn't do what I had to do. Like, it's easy for people to say, you know, do your whole 20 and, you know, and, and right. get but your But when time. you're at eight, looking at 12 more. 12 more. Like, and you've already experienced, so. and no, when you've experienced what, some of the things that I experienced, no, you can pay me enough to stay in. Like, and I they weren't just, paying you shit anyway. And they weren't paying me shit anyway. <laughs> so it's like, uh-uh, nope, new chapter. I got to go. Is your sister still in? She's still in. She's, she's going to do 20. She's more than like going to do 20. She is enjoying it all right? She, Yeah, I mean, so she's about to deploy. So she's about to go on her first deployment, which she's excited about in January. But yeah, I think she's going to probably end up doing 20. She married? She is married. She has two kids. To another airman? No. Oh, civilian. He's a civilian. Well, he was prior army. Okay. Or reserve, I think it was reserve. But uh, I think... Well, it's good when you're married, man. You got kids because that insurance, can't, you can't yeah, beat it. Exactly. So and I think that's her, her factor of why she's going to probably end up doing 20. But everybody's scared about government insurance, but goddamn, I'll tell you what. That government insurance. Listen. That TRICARE, that shit's awesome. Listen, right. It is. 
It's amazing. Unless you got meningitis. <laughs> Unless you got meningitis. Then they're going to make you run afterwards. <laughs> so what are you up to now, now that you're out? So now, new life. So now I am in school. I attend Rutgers University. So I, I started there immediately after I separated in July. So I started school in August of 2015. What are you studying there, Rutgers? Finance and HR. So what do you want to do? Great question. I'm I'm trying to decide that. I'm in my senior year currently. I'm going I'm my last year. May is my graduation. You might want to hurry up and yeah, figure man. it out, man. I mean, well, I have ideas of what I want to do. I've had great internships with PwC, uh, Heffler, and uh, with the Department of Labor. What's PwC? PricewaterhouseCooper. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was my. Oh, first. those are guys that fucked up the Oscars this year, right? <laughs> they, <did. laughs> they gave the wrong envelope. I actually, they. Uh, so I during my one of my um, trips, they sent me out to Hollywood. I had I got to hold the Oscar back. It was there during their diversity. So that was you. You switched the envelopes out. Yeah, I mean, I kind of I got my little playing a long game picture. on them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was great. It's a great company. But yeah, so. Oh, yeah, we don't want to say nothing bad about them in case they offer you a job. So we'll edit yeah, that, that out. We'll cut company. that. Yeah. Pricewaterhouse Cooper, amazing. Yeah, no. World class. No, they're good, though. They're good. But what I want to do afterwards, I have several things that I think I want to do or I'm thinking that I want to do. Like I said, finance is what I do, it's what, I, what my major is or interest is. But also, like HR, I have a passion for helping and for people and figuring out like the best way to use your resources. Sure. So, I don't know. I haven't decided yet where I want to go. So, are you going to stay around the Rutgers, New Jersey area? Or are you? I'm willing to leave. I, I, I've had many opportunities. Yeah, it depends on job opportunities. But I enjoy it. I've had a lot of opportunities being in this area, to say the least. And how long have you been involved with Mission Continues? I just got involved with Mission Continues probably like a year ago. Maybe a year ago. You doing a fellowship with them? I will be starting a fellowship in October. What, where are you going to be doing it? Travis Manion Foundation. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Have I'm you, excited. Do you know what you're going to be doing with him yet? It's open. He So the host organizer is very flexible. He was like, just let me know what you kind of want to do, what your interests are, and we'll work with you. We can um, train you on how to see how nonprofits work. We can show you how, if you're interested in like mentoring. He, he's very open, so I'm excited to see where it goes. Particularly in the nonprofit world, if there's one thing that they need, man. It's like people with good financial management and mm-hmm. HR skills. Mm-hmm. So that'd be excellent. Uh, yeah, that's what you got to do, man. You got to go work for a big nonprofit somewhere and help them clean their books up. True. Could definitely do that. Not a ton of money in it, but it's not uh, a ton of money. It's fulfilling. True, but but it, you were in the Air be... Force, man. You're used to not making no money, right? <laughs> you're like, absolutely right. I didn't make shit for eight years when I was in the Army. <laughs> yeah, absolutely right. But yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Your wife proposed a great idea, but we'll see how that goes. What was that? <laughs> she said, she, well, she mentioned- She's trying uh, to get you out to Pittsburgh. She's trying to get me out to Pittsburgh. <laughs> Come to Pittsburgh, Yeah, man. she was like, yeah, you got a lot it. of great connections. You'll fit right in. <laughs> yeah, man. We got a real cool-ass post-9-11 community in Pittsburgh. Really? Yeah, dude, it's dope. Like, it's I. there's no place in this world I'd rather be than Pittsburgh right now. Really? Yeah. There's That's so awesome. much. There's so many opportunities, man. Like- um, like, there's really great work being done. Mitch continues killing stuff. Red, white, and blue. Like, our organization. The Heinz Endowments is, like, we've got a lot of money, like, behind the post-9-11 community. It's, like, uh, it's sweet, man. Yeah, dude, there's a lot of opportunities out there. I may take it And we are, like, hurting for diversity, too, man. So. That's what, exactly what she mentioned. Because she mentioned, like, BNY, BNY Mellon, PNC Bank. Had Those the are the big dogs, yeah. man. Yeah. 
She's like, I have connections, man. Your finance. Come on down. <laughs> so I want to look real, into man. it. I wanna, For real, man. We I get wanna, your job down there. I want to consider it, man. Don't 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 tip me. <laughs> and it's it's warmer than it is at uh in Rutgers, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I only been to Pittsburgh like twice for our conferences. So I'm I'm a part of NABA, so National Association of Black Accountants. So we usually have our student conferences down there. You like sports? I watch it. Nah. Like baseball? I, hockey. Eh. Football. Eh. Basketball. I mean I watch them, but like I can cheer for the best of them. Yeah. What's well, the thing? Pittsburgh wins a lot, so you don't have to really oh. be that involved. You can just watch and cheer oh. for winners. Oh yeah, definitely. It's well, the I opposite of Philly. It's all black and gold. Yeah. Oh yeah. Perfect. Yeah, we gotta get you out to Pittsburgh, though, man. Yeah, come check it out. I will. You'll dig it. A lot of cool stuff. All right. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Longest War. If you like what you heard, please be sure to subscribe, like, and rate us on iTunes, Blueberry, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcasting app. We got the best restaurants in Pittsburgh. We got Olive Garden and then all the fancy restaurants up on Mount Washington.